You're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. And welcome to the show. My name is Christian Corley and with me this week, I'm pleased to say, is Ben Stegner. How are you doing, Ben? Oh, pleased to say. That's uh, that's high praise. Thank you. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, starting to feel like spring. And, uh... Do you know, I, um, I've got a little bit of a sore head. You, you won't believe me if I tell you why this is. I'm going to give it a go, though. So I was just in my son's bedroom and I noticed that he's got this little pixel art display thing that he likes to look at when he falls asleep. And it wasn't powered on. I was like pressing the buttons, it wasn't powered on. So I'd look down and uh, the plug was slightly out uh, because he's he's got a Minecraft style sword, which had um, knocked the plug out basically. So I bent down. In doing so, I banged my head on Yoda. A Yoda nightlight, which I know is there because I fixed it to the wall. (laughs) So So uh, Yoda's pretty, uh, pretty thick. Yeah, he's a, he's a yeah. well. I mean, he's Yoda. He's you know, he's, he's he's the daddy. He's the granddaddy of Jedi. You know, he's of course he's tough. Um, Not really, you want to hit your head off of. Yeah, no, it really hurts. Still hurts. Um, I uh, may be concussed. Will not if I get to the end of the uh, show in one piece. We, we, well, obviously, we know I'm okay. But uh, oh goodness me, that's the worst. That's such like a universal human experience of like being under something and not realizing it, and then lifting your head. Like that's uh, yeah, it's the yeah. worst. I thought for a moment then you meant being nutted by Yoda. Um, no, no, not that exactly. Um, <laughs> maybe one of the Jedi, maybe, but not necessarily Yoda. Mace Windu is the one who would um, he'd be really concerned about in that situation, I think. He's, he's more likely to use his forehead before a lightsaber, I think. <laughs> Anyhow, we're, we're not here to discuss Mace Windu, Yoda, or any of the Jedi. We are here because it is six years since the release of the Nintendo Switch on March the 3rd, 2017, I think I'm right in saying you're correct. Yes. Yeah. That's. I remember waiting for my switch to come that day. That's. That's crazy that it was six years ago. I remember uh, getting excited for Zelda, and I had uh, my some of my Zelda books out and was listening to some music before the system came, and that was an exciting day. Wow. Or now that I mean, was six years ago. Yeah. Is it's it is a surprise actually. Regular listeners may recall we discussed the Nintendo Switch at length a few months ago, but because it's its birthday and it's six, and which kind of rhymes with Switch, but most importantly. It is a, a massive console. It's d- done amazing numbers over the years. It's hugely popular across the generations. In a way, I don't think the PlayStation 4 and 5 and the Xbox One and the series are. We decided we would revisit the Nintendo Switch and talk about it a bit more in depth because it is a bit more of a phenomenon, I feel, than than its competitors. I mean, you could argue that they're not competitors because... There is a specific generation of hardware that the Nintendo Switch perhaps isn't. And they're basically competing with each other, whereas the Nintendo Switch is isn't. I mean, is it's fair to say I mean there are a lot yeah. of games for the Nintendo Switch, aren't there? But PlayStation 5 and Xbox are kind of they're the platforms for hardcore gamers, whereas the Nintendo Switch is the platform for anyone who wants to play a game, isn't it? Yeah, I would. Uh, what you said, I think, has really been true, arguably, since the Wii era. Like, I think the GameCube was Nintendo's last system that was trying to go head to head with the competition. Yeah. 
because um, the Wii was definitely underpowered compared to the competition, and it obviously was focused on motion controls and um, if I can think of it, they, they call it Nintendo's Blue Ocean strategy at the time of bringing in people who maybe wouldn't otherwise play games. Yeah. Um, and that continued. Obviously, the Wii U was kind of in between generations and sort of an awkward system as well. So uh, I don't think the Switch has really been competing with uh, PlayStation and Xbox really at all. So I think that's a fair assessment, yeah. So uh, we're going to discuss the uh, Nintendo Switch in various ways, um, referring to articles that we've got published at makeuseof.com, uh, some of which have been resurfaced and republished recently uh, in order to tie in with the celebration of the Nintendo Switch, which is um, 2,000 days, over 2,000 days it's been around. And just to um, throw some figures at you, I haven't got any US figures at the moment, but UK figures, Nintendo Switch is number three, with sales down 29% from last year as of February 2023. That is against the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox series. Consider that. It's the last generation console. It's number three. It's gone down by about 30%. But even so, it is still selling really, really well. And there's a brand new um, box coming out shortly. I think it's coming out, coming out everywhere, isn't it? This um, 10th of March Mario um, anniversary celebration box is coming along. And then you've still got new games coming out on the Nintendo Switch. And the great thing about the Nintendo Switch, I think, which I guess we'll, we may come to later on, is how it is becoming a platform for pretty much almost everything yeah i agree um i and i think too when you look at these numbers like this doesn't surprise me like i wouldn't say oh the switch is finally dying like i would explain it away by saying not explain away but explain it by saying that um obviously the switch is getting towards the end of its life with how long it's been out as well as the fact that for the first couple years of their existence the xbox series and ps5 were very hard to find so now that they're actually more accessible to people, I think people are actually buying them, which is raising their numbers, obviously. Um, plus, there's been a couple of really big releases recently, like Hogwarts Legacy, Dead Space Remake, God of War, Ragnarok, that kind of stuff that yeah. has maybe driven people to buy uh, a PS5 or an Xbox series, depending on the game, uh, if, if they weren't already interested already. So I think it just kind of makes sense, kind of due to the passage of time. Uh, but yeah, the Switch is still selling well overall. It's just not catching up to the other... Uh, other competition i've um i'm away from make use of i have a website called gamingretro.co.uk uh, it's about retro gaming and a lot of the re-releases and new releases in a retro style first and foremost they target nintendo switch now some of these may be that they will come out on a cartridge uh, they'll be available as a standard download or they'll be as available as a download that will run under the nes library so this, this whole new world of gaming is uh, sort of unwrapping itself around the Nintendo Switch. You know, it, it, it seems to support almost anything, which I think, I think is really, really impressive. That a, a, a device as new as the Switch, you know, there might be a new Switch, a Switch 2, or some successor device coming along in the next 18 months or so. But a device like the Switch that's portable and, so flexible already can then expand and unfold and allow these other games to be played on it i think it's really really it's the library is immense it really impresses me yeah i agree i mean we talked before about uh game preservation and all that those topics that we're both uh passionate about obviously and i think that's great to see coming from the switch i mean we talked before about the the wealth of even if it's just re releases you know like the mega man collection or castlevania collection or whatever that are giving older games new life um that's definitely great to see on the switch 
Um, and hopefully, like whenever the Switch moves on, it'll be good to have a, a semi-recent console uh, with those games and features, you know, at least a, a slightly updated version of them. So you don't have to pull out the archives of a 20-year-old system to play them. Okay, so um, so reasons to buy a Nintendo Switch in 2023. I'll um, jump through this list and then we'll have a little chat about them afterwards. Uh, The Nintendo Switch is going to be supported for a long time. It's now six years old. And comparatively speaking, the Wii U and the 3DS are only just coming to the end of their support. So you're likely to get support for Nintendo Switch for quite some time. The Switch is the best console to play with friends. It is fantastic to play on the Nintendo Switch with multiple people. You can, you know, use the uh, the, the, uh, Joy-Cons. You can use uh, other controllers. You can gather on the, the actual unit itself propped up with its kickstand or connected to a TV. The Switch Lite is the most affordable and portable console. Um, I mean, the Evercade would probably like to uh, argue with that, but that's another matter entirely. Uh, The Switch offers a massive library of games. We've just discussed that. It can't be argued with. And the Nintendo Switch Online service is constantly improving. Absolutely. We'll be probably coming to a bit more detail about that a little bit later on. But uh, I mean, I've been playing GoldenEye 007 for a while. Uh, I found a way of improving the controls, the default controls for it as well, so it's easy to play um, straight off the bat. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I would agree with all these. Um, I, I don't know how long the Switch will be supported in the sense of, like, new games coming out for it. I've recently updated articles about should you buy a PS4 and and the separate one on should you buy an Xbox One in this day and age. And it's kind of an odd question because we're we're in that period where we're still getting releases for the prior generation, but it probably won't last too much longer. Um, I think that those older, like the PlayStation and Xbox brands tend to release games for the older generations for longer than than Nintendo does. Um, Because I think Nintendo is like, as soon as there's a new system, like Breath of the Wild, for example, came out on the Wii U, but like once that was out, Nintendo wasn't also developing for the Wii U at the time. Yeah. Um. So I'm not sure how long we'll see like new new releases, but I mean the system will be supported for a long time. And like we've said, there's so many games that you'll have plenty to play no matter when you get it. Um. I totally agree about it being the best console to share with friends as well. I uh, have a carrying case for mine. I'll bring it to places sometimes and places. I'll bring it to friends' houses. Uh, and we'll play Jackbox or the uh, the wealth of multiplayer games I have. And I love, like, local couch multiplayer, so uh, it's nice to have the Switch be so compact instead of having to, you know, pack up your PlayStation and bring it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like the old days of uh, LAN parties taking a uh, PlayStation or Xbox somewhere. I never had that experience. I remember when I was a kid playing Mario Kart Double Dash, and it was one of, like, the two GameCube games that had a LAN option. Um, I've never actually done that, but I do think it would be fun to have that experience at some well, point. Well, with a GameCube, you've got a handle. You don't get a yeah. handle with most PCs, do you? Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo was they they that was intentional. Like they yeah. they put the handle on there so that you could more easily bring it to people's houses. Which my fr- we did that. I mean, I that was the main console when I was growing up that me and my friends had, and we you know played Smash Brothers Melee and a lot of other games together too. So I have good memories of co-op on the GameCube too. Just on the matter of support, it's probably worth mentioning here that um, now the Wii U and the 3DS libraries are closing soon. Yeah, I'm sad about that. You can still buy stuff until the end of March, and then after yeah, the end of March, you can only download stuff that you've already bought. Yeah, or, I believe yeah. it's March 23rd. So they've already cut off the ability to add funds to your, like, directly on your 3DS or That's Wii U. Right, yes. So what you have to do, you can still do this. You can link your Nintendo account which is your modern Switch account, to your 
3ds and wii u eShop accounts and then if you like go out and buy a scratch off car like a gift card or just redeem funds on your switch account then it'll appear on your wii u or 3ds so yeah, yeah you have about three-ish weeks uh to buy any games you want to buy on the eShop for the wii u and 3ds and then from there um you can re-download anything you've bought in the past. And of course, you can still buy physical software. But uh, when the digital option dries up, I'm sure those prices are going to go up too. So yeah, it's sad to see that, uh, especially because the retro library is great on both of those systems. And there's a lot of unique games that will be uh, pretty much gone uh, once the, the shops are closed. So it's, it's a shame to see for sure. A, um, a poster on NeoGAF has discovered that we use that aren't used die so uh, just give, just give up just give up basically it's something to do with a memory error uh it's a, a nand issue is a memory error 160103 appears on the gamepad and it's something to do with nand corruption that you um can't repair and you definitely can't repair it by resetting the co- console because it um, will brick the console this post has done a lot of research looking into these things that are surrounding the area and it happens with the 32 megabyte wii u and the 8 megabyte wii u models as well now the reason i mention this is because this is obviously a console that's come more or less to the end of its support period and it'd be awful if the same thing happened to a nintendo switch in sort of 10 years time wouldn't it yeah it's, a, it's always a shame when something like this just kind of bricks a system um i mean obviously a console not being used for a long time being the main factor is a shame because you know if you have a switch you probably haven't played your Wii U in a while, especially since most of the best Wii U games are available on Switch, and you probably have just moved on in general. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, a, a bad factor. I'll make sure to fire mine up every once in a while now that I know that. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's all, like, it is something to think about, too. It kind of goes back to what we talked about before with um, game preservation and the fact that, like, media doesn't last forever. So, like, you, you know, the batteries and old cartridges are dying and, uh, like, Game Boy cartridges and stuff like that. And... Uh, you know, CDs are going to rot eventually, like stuff like that, that, you know, eventually every system is going to be much harder to play. So hopefully this isn't, I can't see Nintendo issuing like a big fix for this since it's so old, but yeah, that's not great. I hope it's not widespread. Let's move on to 10 Switch games that were key to its success. Now, um, you may have different opinions on these, but I'm going to go through what we've got published. Okay. So we have got from an article by Jack Ryan, we have The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Super Mario Odyssey, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Ring Fit Adventure, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and Nintendo Labo, which I completely forgot existed. Yeah, I uh, there's a, a YouTuber, I, a small YouTuber I follow that did a video on like the life and quick death of the. I think it was Labo. I don't know how you said Labo, Labo. Um, and the, I wanted, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm curious because I never had it, and I thought it was kind of a flash in the pan. That's pretty much the only item on this list that I really wouldn't agree with. I don't. I mean, it was a couple of years ago, so maybe it did drive people to buy the system that wouldn't have otherwise. But I. Uh, t- to me everything else on this list is much more has much more staying power yeah. than that title yeah i mean is, do you have a favorite in that list i mean breath of the wild is one of my favorite games ever i mean it's just it, it basically ruined every other open world game for me with just how freeing and imaginative it is like in most open world games i've talked about this before i think like it's it feels like a checklist of chores to do like you're just a bunch of icons on the map and it's very like copy and paste but breath of the wild is one of the games that i 
like it's just fun to like you have you make a plan like i'm going to go to this area and then on the way you're like oh what's that what's that and you're just getting distracted by everything because there's just so much to explore um so i love that game i'm very excited for tears of the kingdom um I mean, I, I'm, I think Mario Odyssey is awesome too. I love I, I, Banjo Kazooie is one of my favorite 3D platformers, and I think Mario Odyssey channeled the feeling of Banjo Kazooie better than most other games I've played in the style because there's just something hidden around every corner. So that just no matter what you're doing, like there's something hidden. And it's so dense. Um, so I mean, those are both amazing games. I mean, I agree with everything else too. I didn't get into Animal Crossing as much as some other people did, but it, it launched at the perfect time, uh, right when the pandemic started and all that. So. Yeah, it's a good list. Um, one or two games that were ports, but mostly uh, original games that were some of the best in the system. And you, you could have 30 games on here. I mean, when I think about the Switch, like all the games I've enjoyed on the Switch over the years, it is it's crazy. Well, I'm looking at I think the only ones that we have in this list are Mario Kart Deluxe and um, Ring Fit Adventure, which haven't really got very far through. Um, yeah, I've played a little bit of Ring Fit. Um, it's it's fun. It's it can be a little bit re- repetitive, like yeah. not repetitive, but it like kind of you kind of have to be in the mood to get into it because it's kind of yeah, like slow so. start. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a good list. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of great games on the system that are ports from the Wii U, like Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is one of the best 2D platformers ever. Uh, Captain Toad is a fun time. Luigi's Mansion 3 is a great game. I don't know if I would call them like games that were key to its success, but I mean, they're just really good. There's a couple stinkers on the system, first party games, but there's a lot of great indie games too, like we were talking about earlier. I mean, this is mostly first party Nintendo stuff, but I think some some game, some people who maybe didn't have systems in the past, or maybe they only buy a console every once in a couple generations like having a place to play like skyrim and undertale and stuff like like Mm. that was probably a great uh factor in its success too well i I think another thing as well is that the uh, nintendo switch is um, and i did mention this i did allude to this already with the retro titles but so many retro games get reissued with in physical form on the nintendo switch and i think the, the fact that nintendo switch is so widely owned gives you know you've got a ready-made audience there in many ways you've got people who've been gaming for like 30 40 50 years they'll see these games being repackaged um examples uh duke nukem 3d or uh, the turrican games from the uh, amiga and the mega drive they've been reissued on nintendo switch physical copies so you can go and get these physical copies and then there are companies like um limited run games and strictly limited games and a couple of others who um bundle in uh additional uh paraphernalia them badges and posters stickers labels um cd roms of the music or whatever alongside so sort of, it gives you a sort of like a more premium bundle to celebrate i suppose is the best way of putting it i'm more interested in just the games themselves rather than any of that extra stuff but uh, and the nintendo switch is really the premium platform for these types of releases i would agree um I, there's a site i might have talked about before called fan gamer um and they have a lot of gaming merchandise that's like great unique stuff that you wouldn't see in like walmart you know it's for like indie games and stuff that's that's like not as widely popular um but they've they have published physical copies of some indie games like you're talking about like the special editions that has the pins and the maps and all that kind of thing um but yeah it's a great way to see i know some people are really into physical copies so it's a great way to have that option for an indie game or a smaller re-release that wouldn't probably have that if it wasn't for them um so it's cool to see like yeah, like a full big boxed release for a smaller game like that. Yeah, definitely. 
Now, we'll move on. Now, um, you probably know that you can connect the Nintendo Switch to a TV with the dock. It's like, it comes with the dock. You can hook it up. You've got your Nintendo Switch as a whole home entertainment system that you can then just slightly lift out of the dock and wander off and play with while someone else watches the TV. And there are, you can do, you don't need a dock. There are third-party systems that you can use that are basically USB Type-C HDMI adapters. We've got an article about this. We've talked about this in depth previously, so I don't want to go into that. There are various third-party devices that you can use to replace the dock that look like the dock, that don't look like the dock, can be used with other devices. And, you know, the, the Nintendo Switch in many ways is it's integral to the Nintendo Switch's device because without the dock, the Nintendo Switch would essentially be a Wii U. I mean, or just like a Game Boy. Like, or, or a Game yeah, Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, a, or a 3DS. Because, you know, the Nintendo Switch, you know, there's an evolution from you know, GameCube to Wii to Wii U to the Nintendo Switch. And the dock is really important. It's so important, in fact, that other companies have made their own docks. Now, I mean, go, go back 20 years. I was working uh, in the uh, UK NHS, and it was, it was really important that certain em- employees, um, senior management, had a laptop that they could dock easily. So they didn't have to f- mess around with cables, um, VGA cables. It was in those days and USB cables for right. um, mouse and whatever. It was Everything was plugged into dock. You'd just come in with your Dell uh, Latitude 630 and just sit it into the dock and all these connections would reinitialize. Network connections to um, local servers, they're there. And it's, it's essentially the same. It's the same principle, a dock. And we've got the Steam Deck, which came out not long ago, depending on how long you've had your Steam Deck. And uh, one of the key accessories of the Steam Deck is the Steam Deck dock, which makes the Steam Decks, it, I mean, it enhances the possibilities of the Steam Deck considerably for start off. It basically turns it into a PC version, if you like, of the Nintendo Switch because you can dock it, use it on the TV unplug it take it with you when you want to and that's a really key aspect of the steam deck that is borrowed from the nintendo switch and that alone and there's many other things but that is one key very important thing that the that the nintendo switch has done is changed how we game isn't it i remember when the switch was announced that was really one of the big things and that was all what all the marketing focused on obviously is you know, drop it on the dock, play, pick it up, walk outside. You can play there, have it in your car, you know, play with the, the kickstand, that kind of thing. So I do wonder, like you can say that that was the kind of the gimmick of the Switch at first, but I do wonder in the future, like Nintendo's next system, is this just what the default will be now? Like every system is both portable and home dockable? Because for a while, Nintendo had the two separate lines in the Game Boy or DS line and then their home system that they were developing games separately for and sometimes had like smaller shorter games on the, the handheld and their big budget releases on the on the main system but i wonder if in the future it'll just be yeah we have the hybrid system and that's just what we have we don't have yeah. two concurrent systems to to support yeah I, th- I think you'll be right and i think as well um i would be i mean they've undoubtedly looked at it sony and microsoft and i think microsoft have an advantage here over sony because they have laptops and they also have, you know, the Steam Deck will run Windows 11. So potentially you can get the Xbox games on Windows on the Steam Deck, running Windows 11, take it with you, whatever. Whereas PlayStation doesn't have that advantage. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there is the PlayStation, well, it used to be PlayStation Now. Now it's PlayStation Plus streaming. 
to a computer, but that's not native. Like on when you have Windows 10 or 11, there's like an Xbox app, or if you have Game Pass, like all your games are just there as opposed to Sony where you're streaming. So I agree that Microsoft has some kind of advantage. Although I also, I mean, the other variable, like looking at history on this is Sony's handhelds, I mean, they've had two, they had the PSP and then the PS Vita. Neither of those were huge successes. I mean, the PS Vita is kind of like a cult classic, I guess you'd say, like in that realm, but uh, neither one was super successful. They both struggled against the DS and the 3DS. So I I feel like Sony would probably be anxious about, or anxious, like not super optimistic about doing that again. Hmm. And then Microsoft's never had a handheld system. So that would be a first for them. And I'd be curious what that would look like well, if they I mean, would do win- it separately or like a hybrid windows phone could have been a portable handheld system i guess i mean i guess you, you could say that here, but it was, suppose, it was but designed as a phone yeah whereas like the ds wasn't like it was it's designed to be a, a game system so as we said there's a there's a there's, there's sort of a line of evolution through nintendo's products in a that, that sort of end up with the nintendo switch so it's interesting to speculate what the uh the next console from nintendo may look like now if you're playing on your nintendo things happen in games don't they there might be quirks there might be wonderful moments there might just be you know, something that you want to record with a screenshot or with a video uh, but it's not that easy to record uh, videos on a nintendo switch without a third party video capture card or is it ben well, yeah, thankfully, there actually is an option. It was added, I think, a year, maybe a year into the system's life. So it's been around for a while. You might know about it. But uh, that capture button on your left Joy-Con or the left side of the Pro Controller, depending on what you're using, uh, that actually works to capture video of your Switch. So uh, you probably know that if you hit the button, you, you hear that nice sound and you capture a screenshot. Uh, but if you hold that button and you're playing a supported game, uh, you'll actually be able to capture 30 seconds of video. So um, it's really that simple. If something happens that you, oh, you know, maybe some crazy bug happens or you got a really good uh, takedown in a game or something, uh, if you hold that button, it'll you'll see a message that says saving video. And then there'll be a 30 second video clip uh, in your uh, album app. Uh, album? Is it album or gallery? I forget album yeah the blue album icon uh, on your switch's home screen Uh, and then you'll be able to watch it back and then you can share it just like you'd share your screenshot so you can send it to your smartphone using that uh, built-in utility or you can post it to uh, facebook or twitter if you have those accounts linked uh, to your switch so yeah next time something crazy happens and you want to save a record of it to show people that's uh, an easy way to do it it's it's lower quality it's 720p at 30 frames per second so it's not super super pristine quality but it's enough to you know, memorialize a crazy game moment you had or whatever. Now, I've used this a uh, couple of days ago to uh, capture a screenshot from uh, GoldenEye 007 on the Nintendo 64 library. But um, what I didn't know was that it, how easy it was to get the uh, footage sent to your phone. I thought you still had to eject the uh, SD card and then take it to your PC and then browse the SD card for the image or the video, then copy it to your PC. I didn't know you could share it so easily. Yeah, I haven't done it in a while, but it's that's the that's the process where it shows an, uh, a QR code and then you scan it with your phone and it connects. It creates like a quick ad hoc network and then you just transfer I feel it to your phone that really way. Really stupid. Is that the way that you did it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I always did, like when I took <laughs> screenshots on the Switch for like an article, I would all before that feature was available, I would just share it to Twitter and then like my own Twitter account and then just copy 
down like share it to Twitter, and then on my computer download the images and then just delete them, delete the tweet. Um, Twitter compresses them a bit, so it's not ideal to do that, but it, it works well enough. Um, yeah, but it is nice to be able to get them off like that quickly. Uh, on the play, the PlayStation app is similar on your phone. You can uh, there's a tab for your gallery or your captures, and you can share or copy and paste images that you've captured on your system right from your phone. So you don't have to do any kind of manual transfer either. We obviously talked about the Xbox series consoles and the PlayStation 5 earlier, and I suppose their um, their predecessors as well. And one of the key things about those platforms is that they have achievements. And one of the complaints that might be leveled at the Nintendo Switch is that it doesn't have achievements. Or does it, Ben? Well, it depends on your exact definition of achievement. So uh, the... PlayStation has trophies, which are very similar to the Xbox's achievements. I mean, Steam has achievements as well. Um, what makes those kind of what they are is that it's a global system that's applied at the like account level or the system level and not in an individual game. Uh, so on PlayStation, when you earn trophies, your trophy level goes up. On Xbox, you earn gamer score, and that raises your gamer score level. Um, so the the short answer is that the Switch doesn't have achievements like that. Uh, there's not a global system where you get a reward for you know collecting so many moons in Mario Odyssey or beating a game or whatever like that. Um, but some games do have built-in achievements. So these are generally uh, titles that are cross-platform, and when you play them on your Switch, there's a menu uh, that has the same achievements that you'd find on other uh, platforms. So for example, Dicey Dungeons is an indie game that has in-game achievements like defeat a boss with full health. Um, if you're playing on the Switch or the PlayStation or the Xbox, I'm sorry, the Steam, Steam or the PlayStation or Xbox, uh, and you play that game, there'll be an achievement or a trophy for that. Um, but if you're playing on your Switch, you can still go for it and get rewarded um, for it or have it have a record that you completed it, uh, but it won't be an official like Switch achievement where your friends can go see what you did. Um, so it's best to check if the game that you're playing has those. Uh, some examples I gave are Overwatch, Shovel Knight, Hollow Knight, and Hades. Uh, those all have in-game achievements that you can achieve that are basically the same as what you'd find on other platforms. Uh, and in the case of Overwatch, for example, because it's cross-platform now, if you earn those achievements on your Switch and you play on PC or whatever, uh, you'll, those will be on both places. So if you earn them one time, you get them on, on your account overall. Um, the only other thing that the Switch has in terms of achievements would be the online missions that Nintendo added in early 2022. Uh, if you have any Nintendo Switch online membership, uh, every week you'll get a couple of missions that are just very basic things like play a game that supports online connection or back up your save data or play this game on the NES library or whatever. Um, they're very simple. You get platinum coins for them and then you can use those platinum coins to buy uh, little icons for your Switch profile. Uh, or you can use them on the My Nintendo website to get uh, rewards. Like you can get wallpapers. There's some physical merchandise as well. Um, yeah, so there aren't there aren't proper achievements like you'd see on the other systems, but there's still goals to go for that kind of approximate uh, the same. Uh, that brings us to the part of the show where we consider some recommendations that we give to you that you might like to check out. Um, now, obviously, we, we talked about a particular topic in this show, the Nintendo Switch, so it would come as no surprise to you that we're basically recommending Nintendo Switch games, or are we? Then what have you got? Well, I'm going first. I feel like I was just monologuing. I, I will uh, I'll wrap up my... <laughs> my, my, uh, my 
essay here. Uh, my recommendation, yeah, is actually a Switch game. Uh, it's available on everything, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and Steam, uh, but I have played it on Switch, so I'm familiar with that version. Uh, it's a multiplayer game called Boomerang Fu. Uh, I got it a couple, maybe a year ago. Uh, if you're familiar with the Switch, you probably know that there are deals constantly, and a lot of like low-quality shovelware games go on sale for like 30 cents. Um, so occasionally I will peruse through the deal section of the Switch eShop and I'll grab a couple of games that are like 10 cents or 30 cents with my gold coins, um, reward points and see if they're any good. This was one of those games that was probably a dollar I got it on sale for and I was Ooh. pleasantly surprised with it. Um, so yeah, so Boomerang Fu is pretty simple. Uh, basically, it's a top-down multiplayer game where you pick a character and it's all food-related characters so you can play as like an eggplant, avocado, bacon, sushi, donut... Um, and everybody has a boomerang, so you can either, uh, there's only three options you have, you can jump, dodge, you can throw your boomerang, and you can slash with your boomerang up close, so um, it's sort of like a deathmatch setup where uh, everybody, if you get hit, you're, you're out, and everybody is trying to uh, get as many kills as they can, I'm saying kills, but it's not, you know, eliminations, whatever, um, so it, once you get enough limbs to win the game, then you win. Uh, so it's not about necessarily just staying alive, but it's about taking other people out too. Um, it's a simple party game. So there's 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 power-ups that drop, um, like get, get multiple boomerangs, or your boomerang has a fire trail that burns people. Uh, some levels have traps that you can crush your opponents with. There's water that makes your control slippery, that kind of thing. Um, it's really simple. There's a couple of like, options where you can change like how many... Uh, kills you need to win a game, or you can change the like auto power up system to make it fair for everybody. Um, I think I've recommended Towerfall before is one of my recommendations, which is a similar kind of game, a uh, very simple game where you shoot arrows at each other and there's power ups and things like that. So um, it's a it's a good game to play with people who are different skill levels because you don't have to be like a, an expert to pick it up. It only takes a, a few minutes to learn. So that's Boomerang Fu. Um, if you get it on Switch, I would wait for a sale because it's fifteen dollars normally, but I when I, I got it for a dollar or two, so it definitely goes on sale uh, fairly often. And it's uh, it's a fun time with friends if you enjoy local multiplayer. It's uh, I've enjoyed it with some friends more than once, so I'd recommend that. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, uh, regular listeners will know that I have a, a recommendation to give them based on a review that I've done recently. I'm not going to give you that this week. Sorry. Instead, I want to uh, backtrack a little once again in this podcast to the uh, Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack. And I think an overlooked aspect of it, which is the uh, Game Boy Advance library, which we mentioned earlier. I had a look at this. Now, Game Boy Advance completely passed me by. I... I knew that the uh, the device existed, um, although I don't think I knew at the time. I think I've possibly um, many over the years uh, bundled the Game Boy Advance in with the Game Boy Color in my head, thinking that they're okay. sort of like the same thing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously not the case. So the Game Boy Advance came out about 20 years ago, I think. GBA was 2001. Yeah, 2001. so it's, it's yeah. over 20 years old, which is crazy. Yeah, so... With the um, Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack, you get the opportunity to find, to, 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 you know, you can play Game Boy Advance titles on there now, just like you can with a Nintendo 64. And I think Nintendo 64 and uh, GoldenEye 007 and a couple of other games have probably overshadowed this slightly. So, for example, you can play, um, you, know, you can play Game Boy games, you can play Game Boy Color games, but you can also play. At this moment in time, as we record this, you can play Kuru Kuru Kururin, The Legend of Zelda, The Minish Cap, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Mario Kart Super Circuit, which is really good, um, Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3, 
and WarioWare Incorporated and coming soon, I think it's this week, is Metroid Fusion, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, this is a, this is a really good library. Um, there's definitely some games missing that I love, but uh, a couple highlights. I mean, the Minish Cap, that makes yet another Zelda game available on the same system, which is great. Um, notably, so Mario Advance 4, that's just that's a port of Super Mario Brothers 3, the, yeah. the NES game, but um, that original release, do you, do you remember the e-reader? Have we ever talked about that? You probably wouldn't be familiar with it if you missed the no. GBA. Okay, so the e-reader was an accessory for the Game Boy Advance where uh, it plugged into the top of the GBA, and then it was actually a card reader. So okay. you would buy packs of cards that had uh, like co- like barcodes on either side, and then it was pretty clunky because you would buy. It was mostly like old NES games or uh, Game and Watch games, like Manhole, where you would have to scan a bunch of cards and then it would. Uh, let you play the game, but you had to have two Game Boy Advances in, in some cases because, like, if if you had a, a game that could take e-reader cards like Mario Advance 4, you had to have that game on one Game Boy Advance and then use a link cable to link, to scan cards on the e-reader. So it was a very clunky accessory. It wasn't very long-lived, but this version of Mario Brothers 3 had, like, 20 or so, maybe 30 exclusive levels that you could only get with those e-reader cards. Ah, so right. this particular version is, like, that's the only way to play those levels. Um, Wario, where the original Wario, where I love that game too. That's such a great time. Um, and Metroid Fusion is a, I, I think it's underrated. It's a fun Metroid game. So this is a, a good, a good collection. If you missed the GBA, yeah. So I'm looking forward to Metroid Fusion in particular. After playing uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit and finding out how good it was, I think the SNES version of Mario Kart. Is there a SNES that was the version? First one, yeah. The first one was Super Mario Kart. Yeah, Super yeah, Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I enjoyed a lot. But I thought this was like, this was like so good for portable as well. And then playing it on your TV, which just like completely breaks your mind. I was playing playing Tetris on the Game Boy library on the TV. It just feels so wrong as well. But as it feels soon as like you you're using it, yeah, yeah, as soon as you pick it up and take it with you, it just it, it everything's as it should be. It's like Tetris is almost like a small game that you should be playing in the palm of your hand. You know, I think um, that's why it did so well with the Game Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I so, also have to give a shout out to to the Golden Sun is coming to this library. It is such a good RPG. It's made by Camelot, um, who made the Golden Sun games. They also make the Mario sports games, which have kind of gone downhill lately. But if you are a JRPG fan, do not miss Golden Sun. It's one of my favorite RPGs. It's what got me into them. Um, hopefully they release both of them because there's two games on the Game Boy Advance. But whenever that comes out for Game Boy Advance for Switch Online, definitely check that out if you like JRPGs. So the Nintendo Switch is six. Ben, when you got your Nintendo Switch in 2017, did you think you'd still be uh, playing it six years later? Um, I don't know about six years later. I, I, I guess I figured it, I'd be playing it for a long time because Nintendo tends to support systems for a while unless they're like totally failing. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, six years. I, I don't know what I was thinking then, to be honest. I guess I probably wasn't thinking there'd be a sequel to Breath of the Wild six years later. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a good ride. Yeah, definitely. I'm the, it's, it's probably the, uh, the game console I'm most satisfied with ever buying, I think. When I look back at the the number of and quality of the experiences I've had, it's probably in my top couple. Because there's certain there's certain systems like the N sixty four that I love, but it's mainly because of like a couple. It's Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Star Fox sixty four, Banjo Kazooie. It's like five or six games. Mm-hmm. But when with the Switch, it's like 
all the games we've talked about, plus uh, so many other, you know, like yeah. Zelda, um, I can't think of the name, Age of Calamity, Luigi's Mansion 3. Like, I, oh, there's so many games. Like, it's like when you start thinking about everything you've played, just more keep coming to mind. So there's just so many. That's a fair answer. So you've been listening to the Really Useful Podcast. We will be back for another show next week. If um, I mean, we've been talking about Nintendo Switch. So if you've got any friends who are interested in the Nintendo Switch, have a Nintendo Switch, or for some reason they don't have one yet, the things are buying one, then perhaps this is the podcast for them to listen to, to um, uh, twist their arm. We're available wherever you find podcasts, so point your friends in that direction. We'll be back for another show next week. Until then, it's goodbye from us.